we're a search engine and people are coming to Google looking for information. And a lot of that is based off of news queries. So it's absolutely critical to our business that we have a really wide corpus of news journalism and quality journalism so that we can provide a good user experience for people coming to Google looking for information. In the digital realm, the search function is crucial to how audiences find news stories. No one knows this more than the largest search engine out there, Google. I'm Michael O'Connell. This is It's All Journalism. Chrissy Toole is the head of news and local media and global partnerships at the Google News Initiative. She also leads the GNI Local Experiments Project in partnership with Berkeleyside. Welcome to the podcast, Chrissy. Thank you, Michael. I'm very happy to be here. Yes, and I want to welcome you to your first podcast. This should be uh, hopefully a good experience for you. You'll tell other people to be on podcasts. I hope so, too. Well, good. Let's sort of start our conversation here. For those who may not be familiar with the Google News Initiative, what is its mission? The Google News Initiative's mission, put very simply, is to build a stronger future for journalism. So we actually launched the GNI about two years ago in 2018. And it was a commitment over three years and a $300 million fund to expand all of our efforts across product and partnerships. And for those of you, I'm sure are all very familiar with Google, but Google cares really deeply about news, not only because it's super important to society and democracies, but because it's a really important part of our business. And when you think about Google's core business, it's we're a search engine and people are coming to Google looking for information. And a lot of that is based off of news queries. So it's absolutely critical to our business that we have a really wide corpus of news journalism and quality journalism so that we can provide a good user experience for people coming to Google looking for information. So how did you end up at Google? So I have actually been at Google, believe it or not, for for 15 years. I'm what they call a Google grandma. So I actually, I, I grew up in the Silicon Valley and I had quite a few friends joining Google very early on. And after a couple of years uh, working, I, I decided I needed to get and be a part of, of the Google experience. So I've been here for 15 years, but working on the news and local media side for six years. Tell me about the uh, Local Experiments Project. What is that? Sure. So the Local Experiments Project is something that we launched because we really wanted to explore and, and test new models for local news. So we launched originally with McClatchy. So we're, we actually made an agreement with McClatchy to fund the development of three new digital-only news sites in the U.S. to basically test all aspects of the local news model. And what we're really trying to do is we're trying to find a new way to build a, a sustainable local model because, unfortunately, we don't have a ton of great examples of what a sustainable local news model looks like. So we launched with McClatchy. The, the first site is in Youngstown, Ohio, and they actually just this week launched their or announced the launch of their second site which will be in Longmont, Colorado. And we're really hoping to be able to discover a new way to do local news. And we're, we hope to put it in a playbook and share it with the world so that other can hopefully replicate what a sustainable local news model looks like. We have a couple more going as well. So we, we actually launched one in the UK with a company called Archant. And we also made another announcement that we're gonna do one with a company called Berkeleyside who is a tremendous local news organization here in the San Francisco Bay Area, and they're going to launch in Oakland. That's pretty neat. Now, tell me, you know, what makes, I mean, this is digital-only local, local news. I, I happen to work at a, in a company that does that. What makes these sites different? 
than what may be out there already? Well, I think to begin with, we're, we're starting from scratch. And I think when we think about local news, a lot of these local news organizations have been around for a long time and they had an old way of doing things and they had the operational overhead of a print business. So first of all, we're starting from scratch. So we want to see what digital only looks like so that we can figure out what's sustainable what a sustainable model looks like for digital. Because I think a lot of times what we're seeing is we're trying to find a sustainable model for digital that's sustaining the old print business, which has been has been very hard to do. Yeah, it's propping up the, you know, the old expenses that the print organizations have. And I think it's certainly really kind of smart in the in the digital environment that we are that you know, but it's also the challenge that people are, are facing. Everybody says, yeah, everything's going to be digital. Everybody's like getting their news online, but how to, to come up with something that is going to support itself, especially in, in local. I mean, people want local news, but, you know, it's so, so tricky because you, you don't necessarily get the, um, you know, you can't run the big display ads. You can't, you know, you can't maybe run big national ads or something. You have to figure something that's that, because your, your audience is too small. That's right. I think one of the other things that we're really trying to to do with the local experiments project, I think, you know, in a perfect world, we could say, you know, here's how here's how you create a local news site in a box and we can give it to a journalist around the globe and say, OK, here's how I can build a sustainable model to cover my community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I actually for a brief time, I worked for ARL now, which is in um, Arlington. And uh, they've been around, they just celebrated their 10th anniversary. And that was a, a digital startup that was hyper-local, originally just in one community. But they've expanded to a couple of others in the area. And that's, I mean, it's really lean and, you know, and mean. And they got an audience that, that's out there that loves them, that supports them. So, I mean, you know, as I said before, people want local news. It's, the trick is, you know, how, how are you going to get people to pay for it? How are you going to be able to sustain what type of models have they tested in the sites that you have up so far? Sure. So the McClatchy model is very different than, say, the Berkeley side model. And the Berkeley side story is a super interesting story. And it's three friends that actually all lived in Berkeley. And they were sick of tired of not having any news in their community. And they were all former journalists. They decided to launch a site in Berkeley to cover their community. In just a few short years, they found a, a model that was sustainable and profitable. So they, they're they basically trying to test what they did in Berkeley side and launch in a much bigger city of Oakland. And then McClatchy is partnering really closely with a company called Village Media, who has built a model up in Canada where they have basically started digital news sites in these small communities in Canada and they're basically trying to replicate uh, very closely what they've done up in Canada by utilizing their CMS as well as some of the models that they're using to grow revenue through through ads and through donations and contributions. And they interestingly, the village media model doesn't actually do subscriptions. So this is a, a sustainable model model based on advertising and contributions alone. Wow. What type of advertising do they get? Just like local retail? Is it real estate? It's it local. Everything? It's it's all local, which is, you know, unfortunately what we're seeing right now is in this crisis that's happening with the coronavirus. They've been able to sustain their business with local revenue, which is taking a really big hit right now because of COVID-19. You know, I was actually going to bring that up because it does present particular challenges because you know, the, the old phrase is that all news is local. And with coronavirus, I mean, people want to know granular information. They want to know what's going on in their state, their county. They want to know what's going on in their zip code. 
and they want to know where they can get masks in their community. They want to know, you know, where they can get tests and everything. And this is really kind of a, you know, fascinating time for local journalism because this is kind of our moment to sort of show why we're so important. At the same time, you know, we're still kind of facing the same challenges that we are economically, especially sometimes when, you know, all of your your advertisers uh, your supporters, you know, may not be in business for the time being. So what is GNI doing to help local journalists cover the coronavirus? So the GNI is, we've launched a couple of programs, actually, in just the, the past few weeks to help local publishers deal with the coronavirus pandemic. The first is just last week, we launched what we're calling a journalism emergency relief fund, which is a fund to help support small uh, and medium-sized local news organizations covering core news around the globe. And the hope is that we'll be able to provide immediate relief to publishers that are in dire need. And you mentioned this earlier, but local news has really never been more important. And ironically, we're seeing the demand absolutely skyrocket for local news because it's our local news provider that's telling us, you know, who's doing takeout, when they can go to the grocery store for senior hours. And the demand has never been higher. And yet advertising has fallen off the roof because the businesses that sustain local publishing are closed. So they're not advertising anymore. So we realize that there is an immediate need for funds uh, so that they can continue to create the journalism that we need. So the Emergency Relief Fund is the first thing that we announced, and we're, we're super excited about that. We've received thousands of applications, actually, in, in less than a week. We're in the midst of getting through all of them, and you can apply until April 29th. So we encourage you to apply if you do run a small local news organizations around the globe. And then the second thing that we announced last week was that we will be waiving the fees for ad manager. So this is really intended for our large global publishers that are utilizing our ad manager product, which allows them to run a successful digital advertising business. So they'll see significant decrease in just the overall fees. In fact, we're, we're waiving the fees entirely for all of our news ad manager partners for five months. Cool. That's really useful in, in this time. So now one of the things when, when I was sort of preparing for this, uh, going over my notes, there was sort of a mention that the Google News Initiative, Google News is sort of looking at Google's response to 9-11 as kind of, you know, as a guide to how they're responding to this crisis. So what can you tell me about that? Yeah, a lot of people actually don't realize this, but it was not until 9-11 that we realized that we needed to have a, a tighter relationship with the news industry. And we realized that we needed to actually have a news surface. And it was on that, that terrible day that we had millions of people coming to Google and searching for information about what was going on. And Rather than delivering information and surfacing information about what was happening real time, we were surfacing information about the architect of the World Trade Center and really irrelevant information to our users. So it was at that, that moment we realized we needed to have a surface specifically for news. So our engineers went to work and after just a couple of weeks, we were able to launch our Google News product. So it was that, that tragedy that really forced us to rethink our strategy as it relates to news. And, you know, I, I look at what's happening right now with the pandemic and the coronavirus. I think 
we've had to really rethink our strategy as well in terms of how we are supporting the news industry. And right now what they need more than anything is access to funding and relief from fees. So we were excited to be able to pivot the, the strategy of the GNI to help out as they need it right now. So, you know, recently I had a chance to talk to Simon Rogers, the mm-hmm. the data journalist over at Google, and yes. uh, he talked a bit about fact-checking. And I understand also that the Google News Initiative is – they've got some efforts to help journalists around the world to help with their fact-checking. Could you talk about that? Fact-checking has always been a, a really important aspect of the Google News Initiative. And as it relates to, to COVID, we realized that we needed to do even more because there was, unfortunately, a ton of misinformation – as it relates to the coronavirus. So a couple of weeks ago, we made an announcement that we are putting an additional 6.5 million of funding into fact-checking. Much of it will go to the first draft organization because they're essentially building an online resource hub of training and crisis simulations for reporters to use during the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, And we also are providing a good chunk of that to the International Fact-Checking Network just to ensure that they have everything that they need, specifically as it relates to this pandemic. So beyond the coronavirus pandemic, you know, we've got the pandemic recovery to look forward to, and then we'll be right in the middle of the 2020 election cycle. You know, what challenges do you see ahead for local journalists? I unfortunately think there will be many challenges. And I think Many of these news organizations, when we get out of this, will will probably be leaner and they may have less resources than they did before. So I think we're, we're likely looking at a situation where they will have to cover the 2020 elections with less. But, you know, when I think on the bright side, I think we're seeing some innovations and this crisis has spurred innovation for many. And my hope is that we are actually going to come out of this with some new ways to do business as it relates to local news. And hopefully we'll be able to cover the elections and all of the upcoming news cycles more efficiently and effectively. Now, I know most of our discussion has been about local news, but there are any other initiatives that GNI is working on that are worth talking about? Yeah, the Google News Initiative is working on a ton of projects. So we, we talked about the local experiments project. One of the things that our local publishers and national publishers alike really get so much out of is some of the trainings that we do. We have the News Lab, which is a team of former journalists that goes into newsrooms around the globe and trains newsrooms about new tools, digital tools. Google has built quite a few tools for them to use. And we also train them on non-Google tools, just trying to help news organizations evolve because what we found is that technology is moving really, really fast. And it's really important for tech companies and Google particularly to help train the newsroom so that they can stay pace with just how quickly the technology is moving. Another thing that we have worked on with the Google News Initiative that I've been a part of and have been really proud of is something we call Innovation Challenges. So we've launched innovation challenges around the globe. We are actually launching the second round of the innovation challenge in North America. And essentially what we're doing is we open up, uh, we have a fund and we have an application process and we put a call out 
to come up with innovative ways to do something. Last year for North America, the challenge was how can you grow revenue for local publishers in a new and innovative way? So we were able to give out, I think, $6 million to local news organizations within North America that had an innovative idea to grow revenue. And the second round of the innovation challenges is actually we're, we're accepting applications as we speak. And we're looking for innovative ways to reach underrepresented communities in North America. So we're, we're super excited about what we've been able to see and come through the innovation challenge. And you know, the idea is we can provide funds to take the risk away so that they can actually test out some new innovative ways of doing things. So the innovation challenges, is that something that's ongoing or is that something that sort of, you know, happens every year or every, a couple of times a year? It happens a couple times a year. So the very first innovation challenge we launched in APAC, I think in 2019, and then we launched in North America, LATAM, and EMEA. And we're, we're approaching the second round for most regions. So we're currently in the process of doing the second round of North America as we speak. So for all of you local news organizations that are listening, definitely go ahead and check out the Innovation Challenge website within the GNI site to take a look at the application details because we have $6 million that we're looking to give out to help you know, determine new ways to reach underrepresented communities in the U.S. So what type of uh, projects are people pitching to you? I can't tell you for round for the second round because we haven't actually gone through the application process, but I can tell you for the first round, we had some really amazing applications and projects that we were able to fund. One that I was super excited about is something that we did or we're launching with Grand Media Group. So Grand Media Group is a local broadcast company in the U.S. They have, I think, seven local stations in the U.S. And they want to test a, a membership model for their local community, which is not something they've typically done for a local television station. So they pitched us on the idea of building a subscription model for the local television stations, and they're going to go ahead and test it. So, you know, when we started this out, you said that your Google grandma, you've been there for 15 years. What's it like working for Google? I absolutely love it. I've been here for 15 years because I think it's such an amazing company. They care so deeply about their employees and so deeply about the mission of, you know, making the world's information universally accessible. It's been really a tremendous company to be a part of. And I actually, I've never felt more appreciative of Google than I have since this pandemic hit. And just from a personal perspective and the way that they care so deeply about their employees to ensure that we're all taken care of has been just absolutely astounding. But then I think about how we've reacted as it relates to not only servicing and making sure their employees are okay, but making sure that the world and the industry is okay. And we're talking so much about what we've done for, for journalism, and we've put a, a ton of funding towards it, but we've also put an additional $800 million to other programs. And actually, my, my husband is a, he's a firefighter paramedic here in the Bay Area, and he's being exposed to COVID-19 patients all the time. And he couldn't get tested. And I sent an email to the CEO of Verily, 
which is an alphabet company. I said, can you help me get my husband tested? And he was able to get my husband tested. So I, I feel so unbelievably grateful. And I should clarify, any first responder can now get tested through Verily. But Google cares so deeply about the mission of trying to get through this time. And it's made me really proud and appreciative to work for the company. It's amazing. You see little miracles like that all over the place, or not maybe miracles, but really kind of positive stories in in the midst of all of the um, the craziness that's going on. Chrissy, thanks for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you, Michael. It was my pleasure. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who make the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. While you're visiting our website, why not sign up for the It's All Journalism newsletter? You'll get all the latest info about our podcast, including episode notes and news about live events and upcoming interviews. Go to itsalljournalism.com to subscribe. It takes a lot of people to create an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicole Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Dupre wrote our theme music. Emilio Brust helped with our booking. Nicholas Hunter provided a web assist. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Thanks for listening. <laughs>